All right, what up? What up? This is the first quick slants of 2024, and the first quick slants since just before the Michigan State game. A lot has happened. There's a lot to dive into. We've had the transfer portal open up hot and heavy. Penn State's not doing much in there. Hopefully that changes. Um, the national title game is set. It is Washington and Michigan. Go Huskies. I'll get into that. Um, we've had National Signing Day come and gone, but that's not that big of a deal anymore like it was a handful of years ago because of NIL and the transfer portal. So none of that really matters. Um, but Penn State had 25 guys sign. I believe James Franklin said 16 will be on campus early, which is awesome. Um, it's a you know, drama-free signing day, stress-free signing day, which is great. Love to see that. Like I said, it's not that big of a deal anymore um, in terms of, you know, it used to be fun. I'll, I'll get into that. Um, we've had a, a new offensive coordinator and defense coordinator been hired. Andy Kotelnicki is the new offensive coordinator coming over from Kansas. And Tom Allen, who everybody knows, uh, former head coach at Indiana, is now the defense coordinator. I will get into both of those things. Peach Bowl did not go the way we maybe thought it was going to go. Um, I don't really know what the expectations were, uh, but we'll talk about that. We will talk about um, the opt-outs, and that's that's been a topic of conversation. I, I, I kind of want to start with that because we can get into the offensive and defense coordinator situation. We can get into all that stuff here in, in a little bit. Um, the the opt-outs, I've never really had a a strong feeling about that the game itself we'll start with that because that was this, this that's the easy part the game itself in terms of the peach bowl it started off great but then the offense just stopped it slowed down and the defense with the guys that we were missing who opted out it, we like we just couldn't couldn't keep up and it felt like Ole Miss was even though their offense was kind of quick moving down the field, it felt like they were always on the field because our offense couldn't do couldn't do shit. And you know, I don't take I don't really take anything from the bowl games. I don't put much stock into the bowl games in any capacity. You know, they're fun, they're great trips. If you haven't been to a bowl game, I would I would suggest you go to one because they're it's a great time. It's usually warm weather because we're you know playing in those types of games um or it's in a, a you know a cool city like atlanta it might not be warm quote unquote but it's a nice city it's it's fun to go visit and it's it's fun i would suggest you doing that um but i don't put much stock into into the bowl game like beating utah in the rose bowl I, like I, I think a lot of people might be in the camp of it creates a lot of momentum heading into the off season that game against utah Winning the Rose Bowl, it's great, but like that has no impact on the following season. That has no impact on winter workouts. It has no impact on spring ball, summer, fall camp. It has no impact on any of that in any capacity. It's just cool to look back on and say, yeah, we won the Rose Bowl. Or, yeah, we won the Peach Bowl. Or, yeah, we won this game and that game. It's another game with your boys, your teammates. It's, it, it's another game. I'm not going to sit here and say they're meaningless because they're not. Like It, it does mean something. But the game itself, it wasn't great. Um, again, the wide receivers are just didn't exist. 
we used the tight ends, and Theo Johnson was was in and out and played a limited role, which was expected. Um, the running backs got going early, but then it, it stopped. And we maybe kept trying to find the receivers, but it just wasn't there. And it wasn't there all season. And James Franklin told us this, you know, months ago, that it was going to be a problem. And that no one was no one was stepping up. And I think maybe people thought that having someone like Lambert Smith, you know, Amari Evans, who who have all flashed. Dante Sivas at Florida State flashed a little bit when he was there. Uh, or, I mean, uh, Ken State when he was there. Malik McLean, who went to Florida State, flashed you know a tad when he was there. And I guess maybe everyone kind of just, just thought that, you know, we and this was this was my thought. We have so many receivers. Someone is bound to step up. But we didn't have a K.J. Hamler, a Jahan Dodson, a Parker Washington that Sean Clifford had every single season he was at Penn State. And as much as I love... Theo Johnson, Tyler Warren, and shout out to Tyler Warren for coming back next season. As much as I love those guys, they like we like you can't unless you have Brock Bowers, and no offense to those guys, but they're not Brock Bowers. I think Tyler Warren has a shot to be that guy next year. But like you can't, you know, unless he unless your tight end is that guy, you can't build it around your tight ends. And I think we also try to get the running backs involved. And I think we ran the ball effectively at times but it wasn't you know i think everyone thought also that every run by primarily nick singleton was going to be a a big game was going to be an explosive play and i think everyone thought that you know i think everyone thought also that drew just him being the five star and him being doing what he did last year in those those moments it was going to turn things around. And yeah, I, I thought the same thing. I thought that it was going to take us to the next step. I thought Olu coming back, but it was all the pieces. Like it was all the pieces that we had coming back and everything that we had for the season was what was what made me legitimately think that we could win a national title. Now I know I go into every season thinking that we can win a national title, but last year, especially with the defense that we had, and I told you guys it was going to be the best defense in the country. And you know statistically speaking it was um having that and then having you know in the beginning of the season what i thought was a really good offense and i think going also going back to the hiring of mike yursich i thought he i thought he was gonna take us there i i thought that was the best hire that james franklin has made or had made the Manny Diaz hire, obviously, is the best hire he has made. But I thought the Yersuch hire, knowing what he did at Oklahoma State, knowing he, what he did his one year at Texas, one year at Ohio State, I don't know how much he had you know, his hand in on the offensive play calling, but he was you know, an offensive coordinator for a lot of those teams and a lot of those high-powered offenses. And you know, there, was, there was definitely times where you're, where you're thinking to yourself, oh, yeah, this is, this is it. And I think every single... Penn State fan, after that touchdown pass to Keandre Lambert-Smith against West Virginia, I think everybody, everybody thought, including myself, yes, this is it. If this is what we're going to see every single week or something very similar to it, like I'll see you in Atlanta, January 8th. I'll see you there. And it just was never consistent because the wide receivers, this is not on Drew, by the way. This is not on Drew. 
He went 27 total touchdowns and one interception leading up to the Peach Bowl. 27 total touchdowns and one interception. One interception. The kid was the kid was very good. He had a great season. That is a great season. If you would tell any any Power 5 coach that your quarterback will have 27 total touchdowns and one interception and your receivers will be just below average. I think I think everyone would take it. Now there might be a handful of those guys that wouldn't take it, but I think most would take that. And he had a great season. Now if Drew takes that next step from year 2 to year 3 or year 1 to year 2 as a starter if you want to call it that, but year 2 to year 3, you know, within the system and within, you know, the Penn State, you know, the Penn State system and he gets a little bit better and he takes that step. That's that's a huge step. Like that's that's a bigger step than you know Sean Clifford taking that step from year two to year three, or Trace McSorley from year two to year three. Because the ceiling for Drew Aller is so much higher than what Clifford and Trace McSorley had. And I think everyone would agree with that. Based on the talent we've seen, based on what he can do, it's all there. But we never had that that guy at wide receiver. And it was a uh, it was a, you know, by committee basis. Like, who's going to step up this week? Who's going to be the guy? And it just never, never materialized. And it sucked because that that just, that takes away so much, that takes away so much consistency or so much potential consistency. And you're trying to find that guy. It's almost like every week we're trying to force that. And it just never, never happened. But we still went 10-2. and two. We still went 10-2. and two. And that's hard to do. I know Franklin says it. We take winning for granted. We, I, we, we, we really do. Based on the tweets that I saw after the game, which, by the way, there are so many Penn State fans that are just complete idiots. And blaming Drew, like, come on. Saying Drew isn't the guy, saying that Bo Pibula needs to be the guy next year, that needs to be the quarterback competition, blah, blah, blah. Like, come on. You guys are idiots. If you really think Drew is not the guy, then I don't know what to tell you. You're not watching the same the same thing I am. Um, but having that number one wide receiver, should Julian Fleming come to Penn State, which I haven't heard anything about that, um, should he come to Penn State, he's automatically wide receiver number one. I think we can all agree on that. He is wide receiver number one. Unless somebody else steps up in the offseason, which could very well happen, but if it's just Julian Fleming that, that comes here, he's wide receiver number one. Him and Tyler Warren will be 1A, 1B targets. And I think that 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 alone, with without him even taking a snap, without him even being on campus, that alone takes our offense to a next level because we will have that guy. I know his production didn't match maybe the hype coming out of high school that, that Fleming had, but when you're stuck behind Emeka Ibuka, Jackson Smith and Jigba, Marvin Harrison Jr., Garrett, when you're stuck behind four you know, all-pro and potential all-pro wide receivers, it's tough. But him being the fourth receiver at Ohio State equals the number one receiver at Penn State. Easily. And no one can tell me otherwise. So if he comes here, yes, I have all the faith in the world in Drew Aller. I have all the faith in the world in our offense. We still have Nick Singleton and Katron Allen coming back. We got Tyler Warren coming back. We got most of the offensive line coming back. Guess we got to replace some guys. But we still have, and most of those receivers, you know, as of now, are still coming back. I know there's time for those guys to enter the portal, and 
We have so many of them that someone's bound to. But for as of right now, most of most of those guys are coming back. So there's that. Um, that was that was the game itself. <laughs> Talking about the opt-ins and opt-outs. We had a lot of guys who declared for the draft that that played in the game, but played in the limited role. Curtis Jacobs being one, Theo Johnson being one, but we also had opt-outs. Kalen King, um, Olu, um, Giant Dixon, yeah, Chop uh, Robinson, all those guys opted out and didn't play. Like no one should care about that. That's like that's not that's not anything that we should concern ourselves with. If you were in their position, and it's like it's mainly the old heads. Bo Nix played in the Fiesta Bowl. And I saw a lot of people saying, hey, it's not that hard to play in one more game with your teammates. It's not. And if Bo wants to play, cool. If he opted out, fine. You know, if Chop Robinson you know, opted out, you know, fine. I'm cool with that. If you wanted to play, cool. Kalen King, same thing. Opted out, cool. If you wanted to play, fine. I don't really care. Because you know what? I put notes, no, no stock in the bowl games. And like that game, that game isn't doing anything for their draft stock. That that game is doing nothing for their draft stock. Everyone knows how good Olu is. Everyone knows how good Chop Robinson is. Everyone knows how good this player is and that player is. And everyone that's opted out. Everyone knows how good they are. Right? We don't we, like, I don't need to see Olu take ten snaps in the Peach Bowl against Ole Miss to know that he's the best left tackle in the country. You know? I I, I don't need that. I don't I don't care. And would like would you also risk playing in that game, a quote unquote game that doesn't really matter for your draft stock, a meaningless game in that category in that in that department? Would you play in that game knowing you could risk, you know, hundreds of thousands, if not tens of millions of dollars, you know, depending on your draft stock? If you're that guy, any player, you know, and sure, yeah, ha- not having. Kalen King, Johnny Dixon, and Chop Robinson, and then eventually losing Abdul Carter. Yeah, that definitely hurt us because Ole Miss was like, oh, we don't they don't have either one of their top corners. We are going to go right after those guys, and they did. Rightfully so. I would do the same thing. And they tore it up. Cam Miller got worked. You know, hopefully that, you know, goes into his brain and he remembers that and he he plays better in, in, in next season. But the opt-in opt-out thing, it that's not a big deal. That is not a big deal. Sure, I get that at the combine, these guys can get injured too. At the pro day, they can get injured too. They're probably working out in Arizona or Florida somewhere. Yeah, they can get hurt there too. But it's way more risky to play in a game that, yeah, sure, it doesn't really matter. It's it's just another game, right? Unless it's the playoffs, it's just another game. It's, it's just one more game on the season. And more tread on the tires. And... A lot of those guys don't need it. Again, they don't. None of those guys need to prove anything. Now, if you're a, you know, sixth or seventh round, you know, potential draft pick, and you're opting out and you're not playing that game, you need to. You probably need to play in that game. Like Theo Johnson, probably going to be fourth, fifth, sixth round pick, maybe. You depending on how how he tests. He played a little bit. Is that game gonna? Is that game going to enhance his draft stock? He scored a touchdown in the game. Is that going to enhance his draft stock? No, probably not. But he wanted to play. That's fine. If Theo Johnson declared for the draft and said, I'm not playing in the Peach Bowl, that's fine too. Go ahead, dude. Like, I don't I don't care. And no one should. No one else should care. No one else should care. I used to care. 
I, I definitely I definitely used to care. Just like you used to care on signing day when dudes would decommit from Penn State and commit somewhere else. Oh, yeah, I gave a shit. Now, I, no, I, I don't care that much at all anymore. And no one should either. These are, these are the, the decisions of 18, 19, 20, and 21-year-olds. No one should care. So if you want to opt out, that's fine. Like, sure, does it make bowl season a little less enticing to watch those games? Yeah, of course. You know, everyone wants to see Marvin Harrison Jr., you know, Penn State fans want to see Kalen Kane, Giant Dixon, Olu, and Chopper Robinson play. Yeah, we all want to see those top-tier college football players play. But we had like two or three years of those guys. We had 12 more games of Olu than anyone expected us to have. So we should be grateful for things like that. And you know, for us, all the guys that, that declared for the draft or opted out were guys that we all thought were going to do that. So none of that should have been a surprise. It's kind of frustrating because we all want to win the game, sure. But at the same time, it's like, can you blame them? No, I can't. So there's that. Um, let's see. What else is there? Um, offensive coordinator Andy Kalanicki coming over from Kansas. After two years there, he was with uh, Buffalo for, I think, six seasons with Lance Leopold before they went to Kansas. I- I'm pretty jazzed about the hire. Um, looking at the offensive numbers that he put up at Kansas – watching the table, what they did at Kansas, a lot of creativity. Um, it was a, you know, Penn State put up a methodical 400 yards, 40 points a game at some points this season. Kansas put up a exciting 40 points and 400 yards. Um, it's like watching, watching you know, Michigan versus Washington now, right? Like Washington puts up a very exciting number of points in yards. Michigan might put up 40 points and they might put up 390 yards, 400 yards, but it's it's going to be methodical. So there's, there's a difference. And then it just, it just I don't know, the, the, the exciting part about your offense, I think that kind of gets fans going and it doesn't, you know, it doesn't leave for the frustration of things, which that's what Penn State fans have endured the last couple of seasons with Mike Yursich. It was there at times, the exciting part about it. And then the season you saw, it was methodical. Yes, we were winning games, but... Again, it goes back to not having that number one wide receiver and not having that guy, not having that playmaker. Yeah, that's also very tough. Uh, but I'm very excited about the hire. I think, you know, getting that done, hiring Tom Allen, getting all that done before National Signing Day, getting that done obviously before the trip to the bowl game so those guys can go down and meet with the team and do all that stuff. I think Cottle Nicky, the hire, was expected before before anything because of when Mike Yersh was fired and before and when that process started. Um, but getting all that done when we got it done allows us to, you know, head into the bowl game and head into the off season, head into winter workouts, all that with a clean slate, get everybody in and, and here we go, gear up. Cause we got three months and a handful of days until blue white weekend. Um, so I'm jazzed about the offensive coordinator hire defense coordinator, Tom Allen. We know what he did at Indiana. This is literally the exact same thing as the Manny Diaz hire, the exact same thing. Um, both guys, you know, prior to Penn State were head coaches, obviously. They weren't great. They were solid. They had some, you know, solid to good years at their respective institutions. Uh, but it wasn't anything special. Um, and then they're, they're both defensive guys. Like James Franklin is an offensive head coach. Those two guys were defensive head coaches. And now Tom Allen, who seemed extremely jazzed about not being a head coach anymore. And he's like, I can focus on just being the defense coordinator. 
and doing my thing. Like, yeah, sign me up. This is going to be great. Um, so I think, I think that's huge. And, you know, getting him when we did and the process and, um, you know, I, yeah, I, that was, that was huge and allowing him to be there before signing day and to talk to those guys and to kind of, you know, have some, you know, assurance to those guys. I don't expect there to be any drop off. I expect it to be very, very similar attacking style of defense. Um, you know, I think at first it was kind of a, man, we're getting the head coach from Indiana. Like Penn State fans had to get over the fact that Indiana, yeah, that it was Indiana. And we all know Indiana football is not, it's not great, right? But he did some good things there. They had, they always had a very um, annoying defense. And I mean that in a good way. They were, it, it was always one of those deals where you're like, come on, this is Indiana. But he's a defensive guy. You know, he's a defensive guy. And in the beginning, when he was you know, the head coach and had his hand in the defense, he had the biggest turnaround for that program defensively. You're going from where they were, bottom of the barrel, to a respectable defense because he is that guy. Um, so that was, I think this hire is great. Um, again, I expect no drop off. I know we're losing a, you know, a, a ton of production, a ton of talent. But the, the thing about it is, and this is the same thing for offense. We have, we have so much depth and so much talent at that depth. And so much of that depth has played over the last couple of seasons, offensively and defensively. You know, and that's, that's such a significant thing to have. And that's why teams like Bama, Georgia, you know, Ohio State, Michigan, that's why those teams are always at the top. Yes, they have a ton of talent, but they have a ton of depth. And all that talent just stacked up year after year. And I think this stretch of, you know, three or four years, I think you're really going to start to see all that depth and talent that we've gotten over the, you know, over the stretch. It's going to start to pay off. And you're going to start to see, you know, it's, it's not often that you have, that you have those, those freshmen come in and play right away and make a huge impact. Now we've had it over the last couple of seasons and I think you're going to start to see more and more of that. We're getting such high-level guys, and you know it, it helps with the portal because you can get you can get some guys from the portal on offense and defense, no matter what. And you can kind of have those have those true freshmen, maybe that aren't aren't ready, kind of have them sit back, maybe redshirt, you know, wait a year, get some weight on, get the experience, yada yada yada. They can still play in four games, and then you start to you know, develop them more, and you start to see it. And I think, like again, this stretch of three or four years is so impactful. I, I know it hasn't really shown it on the field with some of the big-time wins that we want maybe with the talent that we've had, but I think this is an incredible stretch for us. I think next year with guys like Drew, Nick, Katron, Abdul Carter, tonight, and Sutton, with those guys being three years into the program, three years into college life, three years into the strength and conditioning program, and three years just, you know, going through the ups and downs. Like that's, I think a lot of people before this season pointed to next season when all that, all that, that class of 2022, when those guys were, were freshmen, a lot of guys were pointing, a lot of people were pointing to, to their junior year as the year. And, you know, heading into last season, I was all about that. I, I understood it because those guys, especially on offense, those guys are going to be just that much better, you'd hope. And look, 
again, Drew Aller, I have all the confidence in the world that he's going to be that guy. Now, I think maybe the expectations were set maybe higher than they should have, you know, because we saw the small sample as a freshman. And then what we saw this year, I think that was a significant jump. Again, 27 total touchdowns to one interception on the season. That's a, like, that's, that is very, very impressive. So if he takes that, that next jump and he takes that, that's that jump from year two to year three in the program and year one to year two as a starter, like I just, I just, I I know it's all, I know it's all, you know, if, if he can, but if he does, I just don't see how people can, you know, can, can not think he's the guy, right? Like you really think Bo Pribula is going to be the guy? Do you think he's going to be better than Drew Aller? Do you think there should really be an open quarterback competition heading into next season? If you do, then you just you just didn't you just didn't watch the same games, and all you saw were were some of the overthrows and some of the misses. Like you didn't see what he was like. I mean, you just didn't see it. You just didn't watch the games. Just, it's, it, but it's okay to admit that. It's okay you you to admit that you didn't watch the games. Um, all right. Um, let's see what else is there. Got a national title game coming up on Monday. Washington and Michigan. I'm obviously rooting for Washington. You know, I understand it's the Big Ten, and I think deep down in the roots. I want, I want Michigan to win because it is the Big Ten. But at the same time, fuck that, fuck Michigan. They're cheaters. I can't wait until they win and they get stripped of it, and they get stripped of everything over the last three seasons. Can't wait. I'm all for that. I think we've all been on board with the Michigan cheating scandal and it come crashing down on them at some point in the future, which it's going to. It's going to. So. But I also don't like Washington because Michael Penning Jr. is the quarterback. And we all remember what happened in the beginning of the 2020 season. So fuck him too, right? Um, you know, if I had to pick, I'm, I'm probably going to pick Michigan to win. I don't want them to win, but I'm probably going to. I think I trust them as a team better. Um, now, if it's a shootout, yes, I think I trust Michael Penning Jr. and Washington significantly better. Um, Will Johnson, the DB, the corner from Michigan versus Roma Duce, uh, wide receiver from Washington. I think that's going to be a hell of a matchup. I think Jesse Minter, the defensive coordinator from, uh, from Michigan going up against Michael Penix Jr. I think that's going to be a hell of a matchup as well. Um, so the, the strength on, on strength is going to be the Michigan defense versus the Washington offense. And look, the, the Alabama offense, I don't think scared anybody. I think the potential scared them, but we know what, what Washington can do. And if you watch the game against Texas, Michael Penix Jr. was, <laughs> I mean, he was throwing some, as they say, some piss missiles. And, ah, man, he's he's on a roll. He's killing it right now, and he has all season. I hate him, but he's killing it, and good for him. Um, I'm going to go Washington 38-34. It's going to be a great second half. It's going to be a struggle in the first half. Team's got to adjust. It's indoors. It's in Houston. Um, but I think I think, um, I think Washington gets it done in the end. And, you know, the eventual Big Ten team in Washington is going to be a national champ. And um, they come to State College uh, next year. So that should be fun, too. 
All right. Um, this is pretty quick. We had a lot to cover, but we got into it. Uh, we covered the offensive and defense coordinators. Talked about signing day. We talked about the playoffs, national title game. Oh, the Heisman. Um, Jaden Daniels. I'm pretty okay with that. I don't think anyone had any issues with that. Um, so good for him. All-Americans. Olufashanu. Consensus All-American. Good for him as well. That's awesome. He should be a top five pick. I will get into why he should be potentially number one pick if the Bears keep that draft pick. But that's neither here nor there. Um, talked about the coordinator. Talked about the transfer portal. Talked about signing day. Playoffs. Talked about the Peach Bowl. Talked about how it's not Drew Aller's fault. Talked about uh, spring spring ball. The blue-white game is three months and eight days away, I believe. So that's exciting. Um, yeah. Look. It's, it's been a while, and a lot happens. I thought about how many times I can come out with an episode, how many times I could talk about what just happened, because every single week it seemed like there was something going on. This is the busy season for, for everybody. College football, you got the holidays, family, work is always crazy, whatever. So I want to let everything play out, let everything fizzle out a little bit, and then you know, come back, and then lay everything out, go through it all, touch base on everything, and then we move forward. Uh, I'm going to try and keep the offseason as consistent as possible. Uh, the NBA is in full swing, whatever that means. Um, NFL, final regular season weekend. Playoffs start very soon. Love to hear that. That's exciting. So we'll try and keep it as, as um, consistent as possible. There's always something to talk about. Always something sports related to talk about. I'm going to try and get some guests on. That is definitely something in the new year I want to do more of is get more guests on and just chop it up with everybody, even if it's not sports related. Let's get some of the boys on, get some of the girls on, whoever wants to come on, you know, we'll chop it up. Maybe I'll have one of my kids on. Um, we'll shoot the shit and just um, ride that wave into ride that wave into spring ball. So uh, always appreciate it. it. Wasn't the season that I thought it was going to be, but there were still some highs in that season. Um, good trip to Columbus uh, with with you know with crew. Never going back, but you know, good trip. Uh, looking forward to going to Wisconsin next year. We're going to Madison. We're going to be there at the end of October. Already booked the room. And then um, we will see you guys in Atlanta for the national title game next year. Right? Let's get on that train now. Um, again, appreciate as always. The sport's always good. I know it's been a while, but, um, you know, let's, let's do it again this year, um, another year, and we'll do, we'll do some more. I know that me and Christian, my co-host of the We Got Next podcast, shout out to Christian, I know we got some things in the work for that that I might carry over to the Quick Slants. Um, but, yeah, um, we'll do it again. Yeah, it's always appreciated. Shout out to the squad. You know who you are. You know I love you guys. Always, always, always remember, we are.